0: Hi, this is Gary Life Art, and you are listening to podcast Body is a Temple in this episode.
1: They they both charts can give you an excellent reading, but the frequency of the sidereal chart I find is much more important for our own awakening, which is how I use astrology. I'm not interested in making any predictions. I can't tell you when anything will happen. I can tell you what it is that's blocking it from happening. And I find that to be more useful. And uh, I wanna help people to wake up to who they really are and who they really are, I find much more accurate based on their sidereal Vedic chart
0: This is Carrie Live Art, and you are listening to "Body Is a Temple" podcast that will motivate and inspire you to live longer and look younger. Enjoy the show! Hi, guys, so welcome to the "Body Is Temple" podcast, and I'm super excited about my guest today, uh, Indra. Rinsler, uh, who is a Vedic astrologer, and I'm very fascinated about this topic um, last couple of months, uh, so I am super excited to be able to introduce also my listeners um, to this uh, Vedic astrology and the differences between uh, this one and the one that we uh, know from the mass media, basically. So welcome, Indra.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So at the very beginning, I would just uh, like to ask you about your story. If you could um, just introduce to the listeners, how does it happen that you are um, doing what you're doing right now in this moment in your life? What was your path to get to become a Vedic astrologer?
1: Well, I have no idea how I ended up here. I mean, I can tell you the circumstances, but the how and the why, I have no idea. I, when I first uh, started with spirituality uh, 50 years ago, I started reading astrology books at the same time. And uh, I followed it very much for three or four years. And uh, it was very important to me. And when I got back to it, 20 years later uh, by then I was living in an Indian a type of ashram and there were Vedic astrologers and so I picked up Vedic astrology and uh, I um, it turned out to be in a sense a life work something that is an expression of of me of my mathematical feelings and my desire to find ways to explain life, to understand my own life, to understand, to help people to understand their lives. And um, it's one of the modalities that I use, but uh, using the stars, using the chart as an X-ray to understanding ourselves is, is an important uh, tool uh, for me, both individually, and and to help and helping others
0: and uh how how does it happen that you were in this um ashram uh ha- did you like from very beginning when since you were born you know that you want to be interested in astrology and that was something that you wanted to do all your life or how how does this work <laughs>
1: no i wouldn't say that when i was born uh pretty old and and uh, when i was born there weren't many astrologers it wasn't that popular uh you know it wasn't mass media uh but um uh it was part of the modalities that when i started exploring life through a metaphysical bookstore this is 1970 1971 And I know it was before you were born, but I mean, we didn't think in terms of the the, the things weren't so... So pervasive, you know. I remember back in 1971, somebody might use the word karma and you'd go, What is that? And you know, and then six months later you'd you'd say karma, and somebody say, What is that? And and you know, it was like everything was brand new. Uh not that these things weren't around, but natural foods is a way to improve our bodies. Um, I would say that, that so I read, one of the books I read at the very beginning was Autobiography of Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. And this, was, this is a man who I have, uh, this book and his teachings is something that has been a constant in my life since then, more than 50 years. So I was living in an ashram dedicated, I, I spent 20 years living in an ashram dedicated to Yogananda.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I think this book um, became very popular because of Steve Jobs that was mentioning that this is the only book he always have on his desks. I don't know if you heard about that.
1: Uh, yes, I heard about that. And, and the book was popular before. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs uh, helped it. But it was it's been a spiritual classic. It's it's you know, I mean, as a spiritual book, it's, it's, you know, it's got to be in the top five of the ones that influence people. Uh, he, he wrote it in 19, it was published in 1946. And uh, so it's been around quite a while and it has led, I believe, more people to the spiritual path than perhaps any other book.
0: Okay. Can you tell a couple of. Um, fun- but yes,
1: that is, that is the, that is. That is the book that Steve Jobs did uh, did uh, promote, absolutely, and gave away to his friends for free.
0: Yes, um, exactly. Um, which is very cool because Steve Jobs is the icon of the technological world, the Matrix, actually. But at the same time, he is... Um, talking about the importance of meditation and spirituality so that's very cool uh could you tell some couple of fun facts from your life uh something that might be interesting for the listeners
1: (laughs) well uh well i lived in an ashram for uh I, i grew up in uh in new york in in manhattan in the you know, the capital of the world at that particular time. And I left it as soon as I could, uh, fun facts. I'm a world traveler. I've been to 56 countries. Um, I, I used to spend, uh, since 1998, I've only been in America one winter. I live in California, been living in California for a long time. Um, I've only, I only spent one winter in America since 1998, except for COVID winters, uh, I spent most of my time in in Asia, in, in India, spending winters in India and sometimes in Thailand, and I was an importer for 12 years. Uh, Living that nomadic lifestyle that you're living, I know that well. Um, I, I I would go to the to India and Bali and Nepal and Thailand, and I would buy hand handicrafts and bring them back to America. I was also in uh, I also bought in uh, Guatemala and Ecuador and Peru and Turkey and Ecuador and Mongolia and China. I had a a a very active traveling life for a long time and um uh and don't feel a need to do it anymore if if we can do it again i'll do it again and if not maybe that's okay too it's just it's after 20 years on the road it was it's enough we we've enjoyed uh i met a woman in india that i have uh that we have been together 16 years and uh we live in California and we're okay not traveling <laughs> right now. So it's it's a blessing to, to, and it's a blessing not to. And okay. that's a wonderful place to be.
0: Yeah, I think the key word is a balance, like have the experience of traveling, but also have the experience of settling down. Um, I am now in the travel mode, so I have some question about your experience with all those um, countries that you visited. What do you recommend sure. if if I will look for something that is um, peaceful, mm, safe, <laughs> peaceful, safe, and cheap? Peaceful,
1: safe, and cheap. Well you you've been in South America I mean I don't know where else you went you've been in South America have you done Asia I mean cheapest no, South I America <laughs> Asia Well, Asia is, is, uh, you know, I like to say, we used to say that India is the e-ticket. E-ticket was the, when when Disneyland opened, rather than the full pass for everywhere, they used to have, you get these tickets. You get a few A and a few B and a few C and a few D and a few E. E were the biggest rides. And so we used to, there used to be a phrase in the 50s and 60s: you get your, you know, it's an e-ticket. And so Asia is, you know, spirituality, you know, um, Uh, cheap safe beautiful places all over Asia it's it's relatively safe there's a lot of people and a lot of travelers and and um, and and it's uh, it's the major leagues uh, to me I mean India is uh, India uh, India gets you as you head on the plane there it's already working on you
0: yeah that's that's my uh, that's on my list after after South and Central America
1: Okay, well, beautiful.
0: Cool. Okay, let's now uh, introduce uh, to the listeners uh, what is actually Vedic astrology and what's the difference between the classic Western approach that we know from any kind of, uh, I guess, newspapers where they put these horoscopes at the ends for everybody. Um, This is... What I feel think about uh, this is how I understand the Western astrology is, um, because they don't, um, yeah, they just use this classic approach. So, could you describe the this the, the difference?
1: Well, uh, you know, I got to, since you bring up the news, the quote-unquote newspaper astrology, I've got to comment on that. It's not, you know, for most astrologers, we we kind of see through that. It's it's it can be very it's 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 brought a lot of popularity to astrology, but it's really a lot like dating someone based on their feet size or their or their nail color, their their nail polish color. It's 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 your sun sign is a very small part of who you are. And it's really easy for most people to to generalize in it and uh, to generalize on it and then to to make it be the most important thing. And in in Vedic astrology, moon is said to be more important than sun. But the the main differences is it's, it's about you. We go back to about 400 A.D. when the tropical system, that's Western astrology and the Ve- and the sidereal system, which is Vedic astrology were approximately the same and and it didn't matter at that point and so the tropical system we call this the governmental system because it it regularizes uh everything when we think in terms of holidays we think in terms of easter that's a moon holiday and it changes each year but then we have our our government holidays we have in america we have uh you know, Thanksgiving Day being the fourth Thursday, and we've changed holidays to be month, the third Monday, and such. And so, and so, tropical is based on the relationship between the sun and the earth, and that relationship is the seasons. And so, March twenty, March twenty-first uh, is Aries zero every year. But the sun isn't actually in the same place, and for sidereal time, star time, that we use in that we cast a chart based on star time, sidereal time, we take into account the Earth and the sun and then the sun behind it because the sun isn't in the same place it's in a 26,000 year cycle called the precession of the equinox and it's in a different place each year and it moves at such a speed that 72 years equals one degree and so from four to 500 AD to now we're 1500 years apart And that is 24 degrees. And so in your sidereal chart, in your Vedic chart, your planets are going to be 24 degrees backwards. And so if you think of yourself as a Leo sun in Western astrology, there are chances if your sun is less than 24 degrees in Leo, then it moves into cancer. Uh, And uh, while... Uh, at first, this is very dislocating for people because they have to figure out who am I and who am I not and why. And it seems so arbitrary. The fact is, is that they, they both charts can give you an excellent reading. But the frequency of the sidereal chart, I find is much more important, is much more uh, significant for our own awakening, which is how I use astrology. I'm not interested in making any predictions. I can't tell you when anything will happen. I can tell you what it is that's blocking it from happening. And I find that to be more useful. And uh, I want to help people to wake up to who they really are and who they really are, I find much more accurate based on their sidereal Vedic chart. Vedic is the astrology of India. And at at one time, the two systems were conjunct. They now have separated. There are differences, but the differences to me, other than the way the chart is cast, are not that important because Western astrologers don't agree with Western and Vedic astrologers don't agree with Vedic. And so if the Western and the Vedic don't agree, that's just part of it as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, thank you for the explanations. I've been reading also about this, uh, but I couldn't fully like understand this difference, but you explained it very nicely and very simply. And now I finally get the, this difference and this uh, 40, 42, 48 degree. Um, and can you maybe elaborate a little bit about- 24 like, degree. 24, ah, 24, sorry, yeah. Uh, can you maybe elaborate about Um, the Vedic Astrology, like the history, like how it was used to, um, you said you you are using this to see what's blocking things from happening. But um, from uh, what I know about the Vedic Astrology, it was also used uh, to kind of design uh, certain decisions, even the political decisions. do you, are you familiar with that? How was it used to also to heal the body and uh, improve health?
1: So I take this back to the, uh, I, I spent about a year or two, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I spent a year or two studying the history of astrology because I wanted to understand the the, the, the rules and the procedures that we have today most of them i'm not so much into i find them to be they take our power away that's the problem with the the newspaper astrology is is that you believe this to be true and 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 uh and some of them will give you your sign but still it doesn't it doesn't really explain how where your planet is in the sign and whether it's a strong or a weak planet for you so, if you go back to Mesopotamia, the king the King gods were infallible. We're going back now to uh, five thousand years to say three thousand BC. So the king gods were infallible. And, but there were decisions, there were physical plane decisions that had to be made and when to go to war and when to plant the crops. And so they figured because they were infallible, it would be better if they didn't make a decision because if they got it wrong, then it would not look good on them. And so they came up with this idea of having counselors. So they asked the counselor, uh, when should we plan and when should we go to war? And I don't know how long it took but the counselors got smart enough to realize that if they got the wrong answer they were going to either lose their job or their head and so they came up with the idea of omens so that when the when the king god asked well should we plant or uh should we go to war and the birds flew by and were going east then if your enemy was east then it was time to go to war and if the enemy was west then perhaps it was not time to go to war because the birds were flying this way. And so for a thousand years, they sacrificed uh, uh, humans and they sacrificed millions of animals in order to figure out that God was so smart that he would put point the liver or the gallbladder in the direction of the answer. And so they would kill them and open them up and see which way the organs were pointing in order to get the the use of this omenology there's a phrase called omenology this is the study of omens and so as we went down through time this system became more and more sophisticated and and um it became more sophisticated but it became less conscious and it became more uh how shall I say, it became more uh, bent on rules and and uh, rituals and ceremony than it did on the actual process. And what's happening right now is we're kind of undoing uh, the, those 5,000 years of conditioning. Yes, they use the planet's as a guidance in terms of healing and in terms of government but it wasn't a very evolved system it was very unconscious it was it was based on on rules and expectations based based on not how you really want to live you know how you how you want to feel it in the moment. This wasn't what it was. This was much more rules, 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 rules. I don't, I, I reject, not only did I reject a lot of some of Western astrology, but I've also rejected a bunch of Vedic astrology because it's so it's so confusing. And I'll tell you why I think that this happened. I call this uh, the, the billable hour syndrome is, is that if, if you come to me for a reading, and I and I empower you in this reading, then I'm out of a job. And so if I can figure out uh, more problems that you're gonna have to confront that you need to come to me for, then I'm in a much better financial situation. And while this may seem a little uh, uh, small-minded on my part, I think a lot of this is going on is is that we're tying into, we're not empowering our clients uh, as astrologers. We're trying to give them situations and we're the only ones that can understand this, the, the sky in order to be able to help you through it. And I don't really agree with any of that. that That's not the way I approach it. And, and I don't think it's true. And I think that people are held back are held in a place because they hear Pluto square this and, and Leo square that and they're, oh my God, it's like, it, 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 do I have a chance in life? And yeah, you have a chance. These things are not as they're being represented.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I really like that. And this is also what I am as a health coach, uh, try to do with my clients to show them tools that they can use without me, because I don't want them to be dependent on me, I want them to thrive without me. Um, but there's not only about the astrology, also the medical system that we have now, which is like um, based on sick patients. In the the sick, they are the longer, the better for the pharmacy companies. So I feel it's kind of the theme of our culture to keep people uh, without these powers, uh, while we all have. Uh, we are all superheroes we are all angels and we are all powerful to create our reality so I really like your approach um, maybe we can talk now about the chart itself um, you send me how it looks like and um, maybe you can explain a little bit about the houses and um, I will put in the show notes um, this chart that you just send And maybe you can also uh, say a couple of words on the chart that um, my chart that you saw. uh, So I can relate to this one because I saw something interested um, in the areas connected with uh, children and family. I saw that there are no planets. Is that might be the reason why this kind of um, area in my life basically is like no action there.
1: Mm. well it, it, yeah I, I think that children and uh you know children are more than just the fifth house but but uh, uh yeah so what to say so the between vedic and and western the house system is the same there can be some slight different meanings in the houses but Generally, the house system is the same. That's not really a problem with between the two systems. And and the planets are basically the same. But in, in traditional Vedic astrology, we don't use the, the outer planets. And they say it's because... Uh, Vedic astrology was was used and discovered before the outer planets were known. There are some Vedic astrologers who might bring the outer planets in. I don't use them because I find them to be generational, that they're slow moving. And I don't think that they're so integrated into our individual awakening. I think that they're they're noise to me. I mean, they may have some effect, but they're more generational. They're not individually... uh uh uh, rooted because they're so slow and so I don't use the outer planets and then in in Vedic we use the south and the north node of the moon we call them Rahu the north node and Ketu the south node we use those and we consider them planets so we have the nine planets the the um the ones out to Saturn and then north and south node of the moon and um So you're, you know, the first thing I see in your chart, which is, you know, interesting, is that you have planets in seven houses in a row, and then you've got five in a row empty. So you, so you have, you know, so you're hot, you run hot and cold, you've got the areas in your life, it's the right side of the chart, the higher from seven, uh, all the way through the first half, from the seventh house to the first house, you have planets. And so I call that side the galactic gases. And so you do really well with the galactic gases and the large, and the and the large concepts and the bigger meanings. But your your whole uh, left side of the chart, that's the second house through the sixth house is empty. And so the mundane parts of life. And my chart is kind of the same way. Uh, you know, I don't do well with the mundane parts of life. It's not that I'm not successful and had success in the mundane part of life but it isn't such an interest uh it isn't of such interest to me uh uh um, mundane and um but the the point being is that you have areas in your life uh when you have this formation where you're really strong and engaged and then you have areas in your life that are that you're i will use the word clueless to So that's the which first which
0: which areas which areas do you see that i have strong and I'm engaged and which are are not
1: well that's the the galactic gases the the bigger uh-huh. concepts the larger concepts uh, you don't want you, uh, you probably don't do small talk because because the small things aren't of a concern to you and and yes i hate uh,
0: the small talks (laughs) that's super true and sometimes i need to really explain that to people sorry i'm just getting straight to the point because i don't like this small talk bullshit things (laughs) yeah that's so true
1: (laughs) yeah so 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 the thing is is that the 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 small talk the, the the left side of the planet the the left side of the chart the second through the sixth house they they're not the they're not spiritually driven they're not motivated but they are important skills to be able to be you know to be uh you know, to be able to be there with your your family, to, to to do holidays and to be and to do small things and to be considerate to other people and to be understanding. And, to, uh, you know, you know, your father works at the same job for 30 years and to to understand how that motivation, it seems so small to you. Not saying your father is this way. I'm just using this as an example. Though I sometimes hit on this uh, on truth, but the idea is, is that 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 loyalty and that dedication that has a value that has a spiritual value. But uh, but not having planets on that side of the chart is not something that we, you and I, because I have similar uh, that we think about. You know, I was going to say before that maybe an unknown fun fact is I'm not sure I've ever filled out a, a A resume in my life for a job
0: yeah (laughs) so when you see someone's chart um what's your main idea do you want to kind of like bring balance and give some clues and advices or how to you know to like that you see that there are some certain areas that they are lacking some some energy and activity and then you can kind of recommend like what to do to to bring also you know the, to balance everything or like how how does this work what's what what's the approach with those three things
1: so they so my yes yeah, so so my approach is to help people to wake up to who they really are and who they think they are is their personality and so i want to explain their i don't a balance isn't my approach Uh, per se, because, because you don't have balance in your life. You know, I mean, I don't know how you're going to, I mean, you may get it at certain times, but you've got all your planets. If, if, if the world, if the universe could tip over based on the, on the placement of your planets at your birth, you would be in a tipped over universe because it's all on one side of the chart. And so, and so, yes, you do need to bring balance into your life uh for sure but you come from a place of non-balance and so my my first goal is to help you to understand what's really going on is the fact is is that why am I not balanced the reason you're not balanced is because you don't have balance in your chart and 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 that you there are things that you don't understand because because we spend all of our energy in the houses where we have planets um the fact that we that you don't that you have blind spots is not clear to you. And I mean when I say you is to anybody that has that formation. Because you're living out of where you where your planets are, not out of out of where they aren't. And so and so I would yeah, I would suggest that small talk has value. It isn't to necessarily spend your whole time in doing small talk, but be able to do small talk and to and to adapt to where people are is a very important spiritual a- attribute. Yeah, to be I able agree. to accept mm-hmm. everything as it is and where, and where people are and where their growth needs to come from, even if it's not your growth, is a, that's, the, that's, that's letting go of our arrogance. And that's a really important spiritual tool to develop.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, like talking about the example with the small talks in my, my life is when I realized that this is just not my comfort zone, I just uh, consciously started to use it in uh, situations like uh, corporate communication or like meeting new people in the social situations, but when I am know someone more and I can be honest with this person, I can like just fully express myself and say like listen if I'm not starting conversation by saying hi how are you what's the weather it's just because this is not my vibe and it means that I actually like you more when I'm getting straight to the point of like what I want to talk about, instead of like, and skipping this <laughs> this uh, introduction part, and um, I started just to explain that to people, like how I works and and uh, how I work, and that helps me a lot also to um be uh, understand better and also appreciate myself uh more and have better relations in in both um both sides with people who i know better and with people who i don't know and i know that i need to kind of have the small talk in control and and push myself a little bit to use it more in these situations
1: so that's So that's beautiful. And that's a wonderful middle path. Now let me give you a little further path is that you don't bring it up at all.
0: Bring it up in terms of like not explaining myself, just, just do.
1: Yes. Yes. That yes. The further path would be that you, that you're so integrated into it, even though it's not your style is that you don't have to bring it up at all. Mm, Okay. (laughs) And that if you are, and that if you're with a, and if you're with a person who hey how are you how's the weather then you say to him hey i'm fine how's your weather you know and that you don't and that you you it's it's not a difference it's not your style but it isn't a, it isn't it isn't a liability either it becomes just it's just it's just who you are is the galactic gases and you may feel more comfortable in that, but it is that you can adapt to any, any situation in any being. And that's, that's the, that's the, a larger truth.
0: Mm, Yes. I like it. That's, that's beautiful. Could you give maybe some more examples about like how we can use this knowledge, maybe something from your personal life or some other clients that um, maybe uh, other listeners could relate to that and find themselves more and more close to that because maybe some people also have the same issue with the small talks but maybe there are some other things uh, that you can see that this uh, Vedic astrology is helpful.
1: Well, I would I would say to that is that I that my approach is that there's neither good nor bad, you know. If I start talking about something, you know, again going back to your chart, you know, your moon is weak at at 0.85 and your venus is even weaker at 0.72 and most people would say to me is that bad and I'd say well, it's neither good nor bad, it just is. But the fact is is that these are you have strengths and you have weaknesses and 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 there is not a, you know, so I've come with clients to say when they have really difficult charts, really challenges. So, so I've come uh, to, to, how can I make that work for people? So what I've come to realize is, is that they there, that once you overcome your challenges, then you can teach it to someone else and you can't teach your challenges to someone else until you've overcome it. And so the point of it, of the challenge may be for you to learn something in this life and then to share it with others. And so there's no good nor bad. There's no right or wrong. There just is different kinds of charts and different kinds of challenges. And um, your Venus is cuspy at uh, 21, uh, 21 minutes into Sagittarius and in Vedic astrology and to- tropical astrology. You don't notice that. But in Vedic it becomes cuspy and so and so truth is truth Venus is about truth to me, and so and integrity and so you can you can be judgmental to yourself and towards other people because it's edgy, it's not comfortable and so and so integrity is a big issue, and that's why perhaps you make an issue about small talk when the highest truth is that is that you're in your integrity and it really doesn't matter what other people, whether they do it or they don't do it
0: yes this Meaning is also so- yeah this is also something that i kind of uh integrate in my life recently to um be less judgmental towards myself and towards other people but f- for many years many years like i don't know 38 that was my big um big problem because i was very ambitious and i was like all the time um demanding more from myself and judging myself for not doing enough you know and and i get to the point that i don't care anymore and i like all my bright and dark aspects
1: (laughs) yes that's true uh beautiful and so and so I don't know if I can come up with any specifics, but the fact is, is that we unwind the chart in order to be able to help people to understand the challenges that they have. I like to say that, that I'm, I may, you know, I do tell people things that they don't know, but more importantly, uh, most of it they already know, but I put it into a framework where they can deal with it a lot more. Like, like they have the puzzle parts, but I can put the puzzle together. And, and that's the useful tool is to understand their situation, to understand their chart, to understand this life in a larger way and that to not see it as a, as a punishment or as a limitation, but to see it as a place to propel yourself from to, to it's like, you know, like you were born in Poland and now you're not in Poland. And so you've propelled yourself from there. By the way, I've been in Poland. I really liked Poland. I, I, I liked the Polish people and uh, had a really good time there the one time I was there. So, uh, you know, but it doesn't mean, but it doesn't mean it's the right place for you now or you may never go back, who knows. But but the point is, is that to understand to understand our um to under, to understand our givens you know to understand ourselves in a non-judgmental way to understand our strengths and weaknesses to understand our challenges is an incredible tool and uh, it turns out that people come to me at the time that they that they that they're ready to hear these things that, that that they somehow they pick without knowing they pick the perfect time to be able to be ready to hear the truth. So if it's too early, then they, they don't really understand what I'm saying because they don't understand the challenges that I'm talking about. If they're too young and if they're too, um, I don't know if there's a too old, but, but uh, you know, you get to, a, I had a, I had a, I, I gave a reading to an old friend of mine. I knew her 40 years and uh, she's, I think, 86, she said, and she couldn't really hear much of what I said to her, you know. And I'm not sure 40 years ago uh, she would have heard it then. But um, I'm not saying it's too late, but that was an example that just came to my mind of of, I've never had that before. You know, she just couldn't hear what I was trying to say to her.
0: Yes, I guess. She deflected pe- everything. I guess people who are coming to you need to be ready to hear in the sense like really like hear and understand because I also heard many things many times that um, were, were were helpful for me but I didn't like really embody them and understand and even talking about Paramahansa Yogananda I, I, when I first came across of his teaching I just read it but then I forgot about this and I wasn't applying anything it took me you know a couple of years of meditation when I came back to this read again and really understood and really hear it so uh, yes the universe just need to guide people in the right time
1: Yes. So I I like to say that the people are sent to me, you know, I, I, my job is to do a little bit of promotion. I I have to get my name out there, but the people come, the people are sent. They come to me at their time. It's not anything that I've done, you know, it's just that it's their time and, and, and they're sent to me because there's something that I have to, to share with them that will be of value to them that they can hear it. I, I had a, I, I was just thinking, uh, uh, I think it was maybe two days ago, see, two, yeah, I think it was two days ago, I had uh, given a reading to a lady and I was thinking about it afterwards. And uh, something that had come up it triggered a uh, uh, something that somebody had said to me two years before, two or three years before that I didn't really get at the time. And, and in the reading, it became a word to me that, this person, what this person had said to me, I saw the wisdom in what they said. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't get it. And I had this reading that had nothing to do, I gave a reading and had nothing to do with this particular issue. But all of a sudden, in going back through it, the wisdom that this friend of mine had shared with me about, about something became completely clear. And I had to wait two years to understand what she was saying. And uh, I didn't find that to be good or bad, right or wrong. It just was. And it was just it brought a smile to my face, remembering my friend and and thinking how dense I was at the time, uh without any, you know, without any good or bad about it, you know? It just was.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. I want to ask now about the yugas and um, the meaning of yes. yugas uh, to understand our purpose on Earth, our human humans' history. Could you tell uh, about this? Yes.
1: One? I will, and I, I wanted to just, if I if I can, I just wanted to say one more thing about the chart. That's really important. Sure, sure. Uh, is that the when when you when you see the chart in the notes, you'll see that each of the houses has a number in it, and that number is not the number of the house that number is the number of the sign and so if when you look at your chart it'll say 10 that's the first house the first house is by position I call that 12 o'clock on a chart and so that 10 that refers to Capricorn so in Vedic you're a Capricorn rising with K2 that's a south node of the moon in the first house and so then 11 is then Aquarius that's the second house and you go all the way around to nine which is Sagittarius that's in the 12th house and so people are going to look at it and they're going to see you know why is he saying venus is in the 12th house because it's the nine it's the ninth house but no the nine means that it's Sagittarius it doesn't mean the number of the house this this and the sidereal tropical thing is the are the two important things to learn about the charts in the Vedic astrology. This is a north node mode of chart. Now the Yugas I'm so glad you brought it up because I wanted to bring it up before it was really this question that you that you were asking me about before how did we get here? And so the Yugas is a is a is the system of time in, in India, the, there are four Yugas, there's, uh, uh, Sat Yuga, the highest age, Trita Yuga, the next one down, Vapara Yuga, the energy age, and Kali Yuga, the densest age, that's the lowest age, and this system is similar to the Greeks had something called the golden, silver, bronze, and iron age, and they have some similarities. Now, the teaching is, is that there is a, a, a descending and an ascending cycle to these systems of yugas. And this was given to us by Yuteshwar, who was uh, Sri Yuteshwar, who was Yogananda's guru who was both a college grad in India in the 1870s and also a, an enlightened master and also a astronomer and an astrologer. And he said to us in 1894 that we are going into Dwapara Yuga, the energy age in 1900. And he is the only one in India that says that we are in Dwapara Yuga. And in India, the Yugas are are... Highly revered, but not at all agreed. And if you Google the age of Kali, the, the, the length of the age of Kali Yuga, on the first page, you're going to get three different answers everywhere from 4,000 years to 4 million years. And so there isn't much agreement. But this is a teaching that I strongly believe, not because uh, that I believe in what this man says or Stead, but because when you put it up against the, 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 the history, it holds up very well that we're, that, that in 1900, we changed into our, our Paryuga, the age of energy. And between 1900 and 1910, we had the first flight. We had the discovery of the theory of relativity. We had the discovery of quantum physics and Pavlov discovered conditioning. And in the, in the hundred years, we also had a at a, a discovery of how to take n- nitrogen out of the air to make um um synthetic uh nitrogen for for uh fertilizer and we have uh increased our population five times in about 100 years since about 1910 uh, to to approximately now or 2010 we've increased our population five times we brought in the the energy age we brought in the the uh body mind collection uh yoga has come back uh feng shui has come back um uh, the, the internet, the atomic age, all this has happened in this period that Yuteshwar in 1894 predicted that would be happening. It's a 2000 year cycle. And so my approach to these modalities is the, is the Draparayuga Yuga, that, that it's energy and it's about our highest fulfillment. It's not about the Kali Yuga age, the dense age, which is you were stuck in your place and that you are limited. And you, you you can't you can't expand, and so um, this was a key point when I brought into the modalities I work with. When I brought in the idea of Dwapara Yuga, uh, though I was familiar with this, it was in the it's in the book, The Holy Science, which I which was one of the books I bought in 1971. But again, I didn't really understand it in a in a deeper sense until I thought about these modalities in terms of being Kali Yuga oriented and Dwapara Yuga oriented. And so it's 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 still astrology, but it is what I'm doing is completely different. And and the fact that most people, most astrologers don't really understand it and and think that I'm not really an astrologer because I don't believe what they believe, that doesn't really uh, touch me because because i don't (laughs) and that's okay
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and the most important is that the what you do works so (laughs) if it works doesn't matter who that's right yeah (laughs) um yeah all right Well, well it
1: doesn't it doesn't matter but you can spend decades uh uh making that making right with that
0: yeah that's true um yeah thank you for the explanation so we are as i understood in this 2000 year cycle of growing now right okay
1: awesome are yuga the energy age we're gonna get more and more into the body mind connection we're going to get more and more into higher vibrations of healing and higher vibrations of existence and 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 the chaos that we have right now if you ask me how do i explain the modern world i'll say it's the chaos dying that uh that uh, i did a post on facebook a couple of days ago where i said that um that if you think of the 2000 year cycle, if you compare it to a, if you line it up with the nine months of pregnancy, that that were two weeks in being 120 years into 102,000 years were two weeks in, and most likely we don't even know we're pregnant yet. And I had a picture I found, uh, I found of this uh, 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 young woman five weeks pregnant showing her, a stick in her stomach out and there's nothing there and so at five weeks you know you're pregnant but you're not even showing but we're two weeks in and so people aren't really aware of it it's the Right now is the chaos of the Kali Yuga dying, and and I wanna. I always like to say that Kali Yuga, that that, that density has its place because if you're dealing with uh, being shy, for example, and you're on the ethereal plane, and and the God, the divinity says to you, "Let go of your shyness," and you say, "What the heck is that?" If you he, he says give me a second here i'm going to send you back down to a life you'll get it then and and the physical plane for understanding our suffering for it to be in our face for it to be you know the pains of our grief the pains of our misunderstandings the pains of our limited thinking the pains of our of our judgments and our criticalness this plane is excellent for bringing that really into our consciousness how how un fair we are to ourselves and others and how and how sticky these attitudes are that don't serve us
0: yes that's true absolutely i want to ask also about a couple of other tools that you use uh, in your work Uh, let's start with the uh, enneagram of personality could you tell them about this
1: sure so the enneagram of personality I ran into that about uh, in 1999 at a critical point in my life. It's about 60 years old. And the teacher says that there's, that there are nine personality types that it was, it was brought to us. It was a uh, Gurdjieff is the one if, if people, I find the young people are not so hip to him anymore, but he was a, he was one of the first new age teachers hundred years ago. And he brought to us this Enneagram. He never told us where he got this figure from. It's a combination of three, uh, uh, geometric shapes. He never told us whether he got it, whether he made it up, or whether he got it. That was part of his mysticism. But the fact is, is that it was one of his student's student who was a psychologist who put personalities at the points. and And as a psychological tool, it's a wonderful way to know ourselves better and to and to have better relationships. But as a spiritual tool, it's unique because it has no bias and it helps us to understand how to get back to the moment. It gives us our core triggers and it helps us to let go of those triggers in order to be in the moment. There are nine uh, archetypes, nine personality types. One of them is at our core. It's It's the lens that we use to navigate life. None of them are any better than any of the others. They're all kind of icky on the low side, their high side is a skill or an attribute that we can bring to the world. But the low side is a sticky story that we need to work ourselves out from. And uh, are out of, and the, the 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 they they they're numbered. There's no hierarchy. They also have names, and I'll just quickly go through them, uh, just so you know. One is the perfectionist who who wants the world to be everything to be done right because of their own insecurities. Two is the helper who's helping in order to create codependency and again i'm going with the low side of the story so they're more understandable 3 is the achiever who who uh, wants to achieve in the world to create their own self worth and 4 is the the observer who who is sensitive to everything and, and in that sensitivity can get stuck in their own sadness and, and, uh, and separateness. And the five is the observer who wants to understand the world in order to feel secure. And the six is the loyalist who has a need to uh feel secure and is very detail oriented in order to create this this need for security that they don't innately feel and seven's the enthusiast that's me and we we love greener pastures we like to keep moving so we don't feel our feelings the eight is the is the boss or the challenger who's the strongest personality on the wheel and and uh Uh, only has no defense only offense that their their offense is covering up the teddy bear that's in their heart that the they don't want to live out of their vulnerability and the nine is the peacemaker and they detach from themselves and accommodate other people so that they don't have to feel their own um uh non-involvement in life those are the nine personality types
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, if someone would like to check their personality, are they can do it by themselves, or do they need only some professional reader like you?
1: Uh, no, and in fact, uh, this might would be a good time to say that I have a free offer that I like to give to all your listeners: is that I'd be very happy to send them their Vedic astrology chart if they uh, email me three pieces of information: the date, time. Uh, date, birth time, date and place. And I also will send you a free Enneagram test that for many people will help them to know their number. It will at least give them an idea. There are some personalities that have trouble finding themselves and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's, it's I can relate it back to their astrology chart. I actually do astrology and Enneagram together. That's, that's how it began for me. And I met a teacher who taught me a system that was ingenious that I still use and so so if you send me an email uh, I will um, send you this free Enneagram test it can take five or ten minutes to figure it out and then you may be able to figure it out on your own or you may need some professional help in order to do it and 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 really the professional can only guide you it's something that you have to feel on the inside and the question is what's at the core. What's deeper? So if you have, let's say if you can't decide between, um, oh, I don't know, let's say a nine where you disengage and a six where you're the loyalist and have anxiety, the question is, is the anxiety deeper and more at the core or is the accommodating more at the core? And that's something that only you can answer.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, We're going to put for sure the email uh, that people can reach you in the show notes, but if someone is listening to this in the car, maybe you want to share the email now also.
1: Uh, Indra Rinsler, it's all one word and you may have to look at it to see R-I-N-Z-L-E-R and it's I-N-D-R-A, all one word at gmail.com.
0: Okay, perfect. And um, so now I want to ask about the wheel of totality if you can uh, tell more about
1: this sure so the wheel of totality was given to me by spirit about seven or eight years ago and uh, it's about the empty houses that each house contains awareness but that if we don't have a planet there then I believe we have trouble uh, uh, to um, to access that awareness. And so, um, and it isn't until 50 that we start working on our empty houses. And why is that? Because in 20s and 30s, we're mostly building up our ego. We're not really interested in our deficiencies. It's only in our 40s and, and 50s that we're more interested in our deficiencies. It's not to say that we aren't interested in deficiencies, but I like to say, if you're 20 years old and I say to you, you need to open your heart, you're going to say, no, I don't. But if you're 50 years old, you're going to say, well, you're the third person that told me that this week. Maybe it will tell me more. And so we're generally in 20s and 30s working, building up our ego and, and, and trying to define ourselves through who we think we are. We're not trying to di- define ourselves by by who, we, by, by who we're not. And so the point is, is that there's an awareness in each house and wherever you have empty houses, that is the, that is your deficiency. That's your blind spot or place of weakness or place of ignorance. And so by bringing those, uh, those, uh, those to people's attentions, attention, especially for a person like you who doesn't have any planets there. It's really important for you to understand what you don't know. And so um, I can quickly go through the five you don't have if you're interested in that. And we have the time. Yes,
0: please. Yes, please.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the second house for you is empty. So the second house is a, is about duality it's 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 the vibration of basic necessities and so and so uh duality the people that don't have a planet in duality tend to live in black and white they don't live in gray that, that we need to move beyond duality. We need to move into a place in gray where we can see shadings of things, that we can be hungry, but not meal hungry, that we can be tired, but not sleepy tired, that we can love someone, but not like what they do. People that don't have a planet there tend to live in black and white and they see things as right and wrong. I, I used the example, I had a young client in India uh, many years ago, uh, 22 years old. She said, I'm never going to have another relationship. I said, you're 22 years old, dear. I don't think so. And she said, "Nope, I'm never going to have one. Well, she had no planet in two. And so she saw things as black and white. Yeah. And
0: I can also re- relate to that because I was living in Iceland, where it's extremely cold. And I moved to Mexico, where it's extremely warm. <laughs> and I don't like to be in the <laughs> middle. I just like from one extreme to one to another extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. So there's a shading in gray and the shading and gray in between is very useful because then you're not so judgmental. You're not so critical. You're not so, it, it won't work. You know, I don't have a planet there and I can be, it won't work. You know, I'm pretty open-minded, but if I get to a place where it's uncomfortable, then I can be kind of closed-minded. And so, so the third house is is about co- is about confidence that's the vibration of confidence and the and the example is the mind is is that while you don't have monkey mind you, you, we we also again i also don't have three is that uh, we have trouble uh, seeing through the story of mind
0: seeing through the story of mind
1: the story of mind yes we can't that, that, that we get a story in our head and we have trouble seeing through it because we don't have any planetary energy there. And so it takes on a life of its own.
0: Okay. Um, can you give some example? What kind of story?
1: <laughs> so uh, the story, the story, the story, it's any story. It's that I can't achieve. Uh, no one will like me. No one will like what I speak. Uh, you know, my talk, People won't come. um, I'm not likable. I'm, or, or I'm arrogant and I'm the best. And people better get a bit, get a better get with it. And the reason that we hold on to these stories is because we don't really, you can be very successful in life, but there is a lack of confidence that you have in, in, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the honesty. Of the darkness of night the fact is is that i have to work on confidence i'm I'm not i'm i'm not so much saying that as a as a quote for myself but i'm saying that's the that's the prayer at night is give me the confidence to do all that i need to do rather than running away from my challenges and, and making up uh stories about other people rather than it's my own lack of confidence that's the empty third okay
0: house. okay i got it now okay mm-hmm. thank you
1: so the so the fourth house is about home, it's not only where we live, it's our, it's, our, um, it's our groundedness in our own being. And so when we're not grounded in our own being, then we have trouble opening our heart. And while we can be compassionate for every animal alive or dead and, and many other humans, we may not have that, we may not give that compassion to ourselves that's yeah. the empty fourth house that's the lesson of the empty fourth house
0: mm-hmm. yeah i can relate and to so <laughs> the, so the,
1: okay so the fifth house and 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 uh i didn't give you any of the ones you have but they're really they're the you say to the ones you have you say yeah that's easy yeah doesn't everybody of course but the mm-hmm. ones you don't have they they make you stop a little bit and think and they go whoa yeah i've Ignored that pretty well for forty years. Yeah, that that's right, Indra. Yeah, I don't have that ability, and so it's nothing good or bad about it. It's just where your work needs to be. It's uh, focused. It's as as you as you and maybe this time now, maybe not for another five or six years, but these will become bigger and bigger in your life. So the fifth house is about is about creation. It's the ability to be able to create, and we use the example of God. That ultimately God isn't somebody on a throne, but it's a cosmic intelligence. And when we understand that it's a cosmic intelligence, then we can learn to trust and accept what is. People that don't have a planet in five have trouble trusting and accepting what is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's I kind of like recently uh, realized this, um, this lackness, but you're right. It's very scary for me to look those directions.
1: <laughs> Yes. And then the sixth house is, is practice. This is, um, this is the vibration of uh, adaptability and perseverance. And I found very few people that are very good at both of those and, and, and not so many people that are even good at one of them. But uh, perseverance is, is not stubbornness. It's the ability to be able to hang with something, but not have to suck it up. You know, maybe you suck it up a little bit, but it's not about uh, this is bad and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to show them perseverance is sticking with it without any need for any call to arms or any people looking at you, you know, and. Making it a, a Facebook post, you know, that I'm persevering. That's not really the same. And, and adaptability is, 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 is more than flexibility. It isn't that you can, can, it's not that you can, you know, be flexible to adapt to what somebody else wants to do. The adaptability is, is that you completely let go of your position. And so, the example there is practice uh, staring at a candle, doing yoga, doing meditation. The idea is that on the mat and off the mat have to be the same that 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 the reason you stretch your arm up in yoga is for body awareness and for and for stretching your limbs and but it's a mudra, and so you want to take that ability to stretch into your everyday life that that on the mat and off the mat have to be the same that's the that's the perseverance and adaptability it teaches us. And so that's the sixth house.
0: Yeah, nice. I feel I do some work over there because I meditate and I do yoga. And I felt since I I started to do it maybe a couple of years ago, like really seriously. And I started to feel more abundance in the houses where there are planets. So I think positively affects. Uh-huh um uh, the other areas okay um we have
1: to- so I, mm-hmm. so the idea is is that uh, let me just make one little mm-hmm. point on that is is that so it's about practice and so it's wonderful that you do those those modalities but it isn't simply just doing them it's the it's the attitude that this this focus that you do to everyday life that, excuse me. This focus that you put into, to meditation, into yoga, you need to put that into everyday life. In terms of any difficulties that you have, that this is the the life of practice. It's the difficulties. It's the. It's the uh, it's the getting your bills paid. It's having a roof over your head. It's the it's the you're trying to pick up your dry cleaning and the dry cleaner is closed. And what do I do? It's the it's the you know, how do I get out of difficult situations that I'm in in life? How do I how do I manipulate the uphills? This is the practice. Those uphills, those difficulties are there to teach us something. And that is the practice that teaches us to be adaptable and uh, persever, uh, and to have perseverance.
0: Yeah, I feel through practice of yoga, I, I put this to practice in other areas of life because I'm getting less triggered, less stress, Beautiful. and and yeah, just like more in peace. And wherever challenges are coming, I'm like. Okay uh, so so let's see what we can do like and i'm not crying over the spill milk i'm just like seeing the solutions so yeah <laughs> i think it works beautiful uh okay we have Two more topics uncovered, but as you suggested, we can do a second podcast about that, maybe uh, around the New Year, which is 21st of March. I'm celebrating. This is my New Year celebration, not the 1st of January. So we can... um, the four doorways okay. to the consciousness living and the astrocartography cartography for the second part of this um but i wanna i have a couple of last questions okay. <laughs> so if you could advise to the listener one oh, thing oh, good <laughs> yeah if you could advise to the listeners one thing that they can start doing from today that could change their life what would it be and why
1: Well, geez, I like to give people. I, I like I like to give them something that's really color coded to them, and it's hard to generalize. Uh, uh, open your heart, you know. Uh, uh, we're not in control of anything. I like to say uh, uh, that. Uh, try not peeing in the morning and see how much control you have. We're we're not in control of anything. That that, that there is a control. That's that 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 in our life, it's divinity, and it. It gives us what we need. It makes the fruit grows on the trees. It makes the leaves drop off the trees in the winter in order to protect them. And uh, seventy five years in the spiritual path is to it has taught me to 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 believe and to dedicate my life to that divinity. And so, open your heart, open your being to to the challenges that you have. They're there for you. They're not uh, against you. They're they're there to help. And so. Um, Love yourself, love your situation. Everything changes, and uh, and in that change is is uh, in the fact that everything changes is is that's the the love of the the divine is that everything changes and 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 that we we are protected and guided every moment of our life.
0: beautiful thank you so much and the title of the podcast is body is a temple can you relate to this do you agree do you disagree
1: oh yes the body is a temple absolutely yeah um we heard that in uh i heard that in the ashram 45 years ago the guest is god the body is a temple absolutely yes that uh it's our um, it's our vehicle. It's not who we are. It's who we think we are. But it is our uh, temple. We are the body too, while we're in it. And uh, uh, that uh, taking care of the body is 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 you know. I I have had moments where I thought you know, oh my God, we're here. We are feeding you know food in, food out three times a day, every day. It's uh, it's exhausting. And why is that is because, you know, after enlightenment, you still have to chop wood and carry water. And, and the beauty of this is it, it keeps us humble. It keeps us it keeps us grounded. It keeps us uh, 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 feeling uh, the uh, divinity. And so, yeah, it's beautiful, uh, beautiful idea. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you too. And uh, chopping wo- wood and carrying water, I hear it many times in the Ramdas lectures. Who is my my great mentor? I love him so much. And um, yeah, this is how it is. Before S- Satori and after Satori, we chop wood and carry water, just with a different mindset. Right. <laughs> So the last question is uh, where people can find more about you. You shared your email. Do you want to guide people to your social media, your website? Yes.
1: Yeah, so the website IndraRinzler.com. Yes. That there's a lot of information on there and, and you can uh, uh, learn more about what I do if you're interested in that and yeah. Um, I have an active uh, Facebook page under my name if you're interested in that. Uh, I offer life readings. I use the Enneagram. I use the Wheel of Totality and the Vedic Astrology in order to place you in your life that um, that they, they give you a perspective on on what your challenges are and who you are and who you think you are. And it's, it's the beginning uh, of... It can be the beginning not to say that you're at the beginning but it, it can be the beginning of a of a, of a deeper search into uh, getting clear on on what is happening and and perhaps why and why not it's why not that why is an important question to know but it, it gives you a depth and so that's a way that we interact and you can uh, can interact and you can you don't have to have all three uh, any of them uh can be of value, so just contact me by in the Gmail if you're interested in a in a reading or, or if you have any questions, uh, I'm happy to, uh, to answer your questions and then the offer for the your Vedic chart, and your and the Enneagram test that's for free. Just write me.
0: Yes, thank you so much, <laughs> and thank you to everybody listening.